0: RISE FROM YOUR GRAVE Welcome to Video Game Bullshit i want to introduce
1: some of my friends and guest speakers here with me So
2: I guess Mike, might just start with you say
3: who you are Yeah, sure Uh, so... Mike Levy. Uh, I go by Mike Tendo on YouTube. Uh, you can look up the channel. It's youtube.com/dongle. Just type in the name of the show, "Dude, You Haven't Played This Game." Video game review show with skits and funny stuff, and uh, just well thought out. Well, I think they're well thought out reviews. <laughs> and I do a show called Pixel Tunes Radio. Uh, it's a video game podcast that I do with my buddy Ed, and uh, we talk about video game music, the composers. Uh, we've even had interviews with composers. So you know, if you dig video game music and you like podcasts, it's kind of like a no-brainer to Purdue. So. Cool. Awesome. All right,
1: Jeff. So I'm Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm a member of VGBS Gaming Podcast, so it's video game bullshit it's with uh, on Gamester's site. I post it up. I'm also an author. I write about a lot of different stuff. I have an NES book, a Super Nintendo book about out, as well as a Culture Chronicles that covers 90 and 91, and I'm covering a highlight of everything. I'm basically a black hole of gaming knowledge, so Gamester wanted me to come and back him up with some awesome history. Awesome.
2: Awesome. <laughs> and for those who don't know who I am, I do a YouTube channel called Game 31, I uh, started. To- and uh, focused primarily on like console reviews, I suppose, but have kind of branched off to some modern games and stuff like that. So, the kind of the purpose of this panel, I guess, is to talk about the history of console gaming. Uh, I guess we'll start with like, the Odyssey
3: back in the, the 70s and uh, Barrett. I mean, have you guys played the original Odyssey? Have you guys seen it? Too old for me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was born in the 80s, but like I was born in 83, but just anything pre-Nintendo, it, it never really hit me, except for Atari. I played like Burger Time. Okay. With, with a friend of mine, Jeffrey. How about so, so original Odyssey was a bit of an oddity, actually,
1: because um, I was too young to be able to be allowed to play it in my household. So, like my my brother had it, and we would put the overlays on, but he wouldn't let me touch it because I was too young, and I would like break it or something. Yeah. But I, I remember distinctly like overlays made the game type
2: thing, and it was who, pretty. Who in cool. the panel? Like, who the room has played Odyssey? The original Odyssey. Awesome. Who was in Odyssey? Yes. it's nice. Okay, uh, it's a, you know very known as the first console to come out. Uh, it's uh, the bear. It was the guy who designed it. Um, yeah, yeah, Ralph, Ralph Bear. Uh, and uh, it's interesting. It's kind of like a pong phone I suppose. A controller that has like this panel mm-hmm. controller. It's
1: tanks. like it's like goes up like the Ark of the Covenant
2: from yeah. The, the, yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. And like <laughs> and it, and There was a light like there's like a wrapped rifle for it, which is called like a light gun. Yeah, for it. Literal rare. like wood green rifle. That was looking like at way about. ahead of time <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Everything yeah. had wood grain back then. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: And,
2: you know, between that and then, you know, skipping to the 77 where the Atari 2600 came out, there were actually a handful of, of consoles, other consoles that came out. Uh, of course, you had, like, the Pong clones and stuff. Who mm-hmm. had like, Pong? Who's played Pong? Yeah, like, okay. the, the, the Atari Pong, the Super
1: Pong, you had all the different clones, and then you had, like, the little Stars, where they had, like, yeah. the three different pieces on there with genres.
2: Yeah. Uh, there's obviously there's a lot of other consoles like the Astro uh, Astrocade yes. the Valley that came out as well, which actually I actually really like that system, and uh, it's kind of overshadowed by the Atari 2600. But uh, who, who's ever played Astrocade or knows of that system Valley? Okay, people know Valley, right? Valley, they do yeah. a lot of Valley way and stuff. But uh, it's actually a pretty cool console. I love the controller. Like the controller looks like almost like a grip to a handgun, and it has like this knob on top where you can use it to move <laughs> it and actually spin. So it's like, kind of a really unique. Controller. It's like and a it, little triangle. Yeah, to the, the games yeah. are like almost like cassette tapes, but they're not. But they're like the size of a cassette tape. And uh, if you guys ever seen the movie Vacation with you know National Lampoon's Vacation, yeah. there's a yeah. scene where they're actually mapping where they go to Wally World, and that's actually an Astercade in that room. <laughs> you can actually use an Astercade, and, and all the
1: cartridges are yellow and they're numbered, right?
2: Uh, some, most of them are brown. Brown, but they're they're, like, yeah, they're like they're all, they're all numbered. And actually, yeah. you can like, think your Fairchild, I think of Fairchild. Oh, Fairchild yeah. as well, yes and that's, Those are cool. Those are almost like, like are just, eight tracks and like that you put them in. Yes, the case opens up,
1: like, and that's where the Astercade. Like the marketing is like similar to others, and it gets overshadowed. Kind yeah, yeah, so absolutely.
2: Go, the top comes out like a plastic top, and you can put the controllers in there. So it's uh, pretty unique. It has a numerical key pad. they like the wood grain, the, you know, old consoles to do the wood grain book the classic 70s. And stuff. Yeah, but, you know, of course, we're going to move on to the Atari Con 600, which I'm sure many of you guys have played. It's a, it's a great console, and it's been with for 20 years, which is yeah. amazing. I mean, the library, I would love to see a, a book on the game to you know, for the 2600. It would be like four times thicker than your book. Yeah, saying, How do I do this. I mean, yeah, I mean, just the, the
1: Atari 2600 and the Commodore 64 would be the two that I loathe doing, yeah. like... <laughs> but, I mean, I still, someday, who's to say? I mean, yeah, might I mean, as well. It was
2: really the first console I brought, like, the arcade games to, to, like, the home console area,
1: right? I mean, like, <coughs> you, you saw games like uh, Space Warriors, Absolute Frog, Asteroids Fire, kind of turn around that. <clears throat> but but Miss
2: Pac-Man was all right. Miss Pac-Man was good junior Pac-Man, and Junior Pac-Man was really, really, really good. I yeah. really enjoyed that. Absolutely. The so there's actually you know, some good games for the Target Center actually, like the home market is still strong. Oh, yeah. So
1: a lot of people we, I mean, we are talking about the Sonic the Hedgehog of Super Mario Brothers clones that they've released yeah. recently. and Like and, Princess, like Princess yeah. Rescue, so is one yeah. of
2: the games like tar- uh,
1: Super Mario Bros. on the, Zippy the Porcupine yeah, is a the, the, the son, Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pretty amazing console
2: and uh A lot of people are fine of it for sure. There's a six switcher, right? The original one, the Mm -hmm. heavy sixer. Heavy sixer. You know, which they made in California, they kind of made a little bit smaller, I guess, and they had the four switches. There's one
1: called the Vader The the Vader's in the black. It's
2: just the black four.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 The, the irony is, is getting them nowadays and collecting them nowadays, I noticed that the Sears telegames tends to have a distinctly better picture right off the bat without mm-hmm. modification when I'm hooking it up to one of my TVs than the 2600s. Like, right. yeah, it's interesting because that's the, essentially well, yeah, a clone. I of. Yeah. So did that, I believe, yeah, It like, wasn't a clone, but it was like, you know, the same system by Sears. Yeah. Brand yeah. Brand but it, like, they tend to have, I don't know if it's better hardware, but they every one that I've had has a better picture than like the actual 2600s that I've had. Yeah. It's interesting. We got a
0: I I think you're right, but it is better hardware because the story is that in J- Japan they released the 2800 which was the best version of the hardware ever and here that got turned into one of the late Sears models and there was no other release of it.
2: Oh, yeah. See? It like a slim, like a slim down Yes. Rubber, the yeah. Yeah. The right. was, I think the controller is different
1: too. Isn't it, it also
0: had extra ports. I believe four ports on the front instead of two. Interesting. Nice features on it. Yeah, that's
1: cool very cool. Yeah, so, so after the Vader, though, then they took the Junior, the Atari 2600 the junior. junior, which I actually, that was the second console because our family had the, you know, the heavy sticker. And then I got, after that kind of started to get fuzzy for us or something, something happened with the connectors, we got the Junior. That was the first console that I ever got as a kid. I love the joystick
2: just for the, the 2600. Yes. I mean, oh, yeah. Was so classic. There was one button on the joystick. That's really all you need. But, you know, I think it definitely, you know, I think other future consoles, you know, use that. Just... Now,
1: now, did you have any others besides for the distinct Orange button, like I had a yellow button, classic um, aftermarket one. Oh, yeah. I had a the white one. Sticks, yes, the gem stick. That was
2: like yeah. the the yeah. classic for the aftermarket. There's one. Yeah, there's a couple. There's so. I had a big, big button. I seen that has like something in it where it's like motion. Like I don't know. what uh, you know, like it's. I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I don't know the, the name. Or
0: something
2: on top. Yeah, there's something, something inside. It. Yeah, because I,
1: like, I had one that was like this, and it had a red button on the top, too. And then I had another one that was like hand-fit, and it had like a click. And then you had a button right here to click. It was like grayish with a black top and like a little arcade ball on it. this tiny little arcade ball. Like, it was basically because we had a, also had a Commodore 64 growing up, so, yeah. you know, we, had, we would utilize
2: it in both systems. There was a, an attachment, too, I think it's, like, the arcade or something. It like, you know, should be cooked up, like, a set tape, and, and an attachment, you attached to in and it actually enhances the, the RAM and stuff. Well, a lot systems the game. came out with that because
3: they were trying to compete with the PCs uh, overseas in the U.K., so, like, yeah. you know, television, League like, they had, like, these add that...
2: Forget the name of the game, but it's,
3: like, one of the first RPGs that came
2: out for consoles back in the late 70s, whatever. that's adventures. Not adventures. No, it was out before so that, true. Yeah, oh. yeah, it came out before that, but it came out for this cassette attachment that you would have to get for it. Interesting. Like, yeah. I yeah. the television was a good system, too, by the time I can tell. Yeah, television was a the music music classic. And, uh, quite a bit, uh, but ClecoVision is more of my heart, uh, so <coughs> so. Who has a Vision? This, this curious. Okay, I remember you guys. Awesome. <laughs> um, and that,
4: you know, they had an
2: attachment. We kind of mentioned yesterday during our panel, but they had, for those who weren't there, they had an attachment for the Center as well. Uh, and that was kind of you know, a big thing because Atari took Coleco to court and they got away with it because it was like their own parts. Yeah. You know? And then they released the, the Gemini. Uh, have you ever seen the Gemini? It's like basically Atari 2600 alone. Uh, that was by Coleco. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was a cool system. But I love the controller now because it had like the, the, the spin ball ball and also had mm-hmm. the joystick as well, which is really it's sweet. It's pretty uh, awesome. And it's a pretty awesome looking console. Um,
1: it's crazy with the Coleco how the homebrew market is Because like, is there's passionate people about it and they consider it like arguably the best console of that second generation of gaming Yeah, that's And I mean like now you have stuff like what's the super module, is that what it's called? The super game module. Super yeah. game module. Which initially but, was supposed to be
2: actually released back in the eighties and yeah. it came out and actually fans actually like released it.
1: It's insane years ago. And uh
2: it's like the homebrew bowlers bowlers are, bowlers are supposed to be but it's still it's really it's amazing. Yeah, and the quality is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, there's still a great live homebrew market for the video you of know, the 2600, of course, the NES. Yeah. And, stuff.
1: and I mean, obviously, Coleco has such great arcade ports. Yeah, that's what they're
2: known for. Yeah. i like, Tower is a great game. Mousetrap. Mouse Trap. Trap. Oh,
1: Mousetrap was so good. <laughs> like, that was the one I remember as a kid distinctly playing
2: Mousetrap on the Coleco. But they had like, was... other games that weren't like arcade ports. I think, you know, Smurf uh, Rescue was a great mm. game. That was like, I believe it would been one of the first Smurfs games. Um, and then there was, uh, there was, a like, Cabbage Patch Kids, which was, like, actually really one of my favorite games on the console. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a pitfall. I think
1: I think Cabbage Patch was, like, a, a Coleco slash Adam release or something. It was, like... Well, it had a Adam lot of Adam on code it, yeah.
2: Writing, a lot of code Yeah.
1: The yeah. And, yeah. Uh,
2: interesting. Adam was basically what kind of killed Coleco, unfortunately. unfortunately. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Adam's actually, you know, the, the, one of the faults was yeah, sure for those who know, the computer that, that Coleco had released, it was, uh... The, the, one of the, you know, it, it was kind of to compete with, you know, the conference sixty four and the Apple and uh, all that good stuff. So uh, one of the faults with it is this power switch is actually on the printer. So there's like a printer and then there's the, the actual unit. So if you don't have a the printer, then the thing's absolutely...
1: And, and yesterday here they had a Adam, oh, yeah. They had a little Coleco front at the auction. Oh, the Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Does, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But, so but I think it was like over a hundred dollars.
2: I mean, they're, they're big. If you get the box, yeah. like the thing's like almost the size of. It was
1: huge. I, I had to look on the back like, yep, there's the power switch on the printer. <laughs> yeah. And
2: like <laughs> the cassette tape, I mean, if you turn on it, if you have the cassette tape on it, like you know, this is something you turn on, it will like erase a cassette tape. The data is like, wow. and that obviously made a lot of people upset. So that was kind of a design flaw. But, um, you know, it kind of bankruptfully Go back from the day, unfortunately. It's insane. Uh, I think it's a good book. Uh, just in you know, the history of you know, League of out and, Outstanding uh, book. It's really well written. Antoine and, one, uh, in of my room, and you know, Chris. I keep you know, proofreading stuff. for Chris is uh, in, in, yeah. part of the old you know, trade that we've been out of the school. So, uh, but yeah, so, uh, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then moving on, uh, you know, we've got concepts like The Vectrex, mm-hmm. uh, which is Great console. By, by far
1: one of my yeah. favorite consoles that I've discovered later in collecting because I had no clue about that back in the day.
4: To say, I obviously go back to the overall days of everything, yeah. but I have to give a shout out to the thing that you kind of went right past, oh. okay. yeah. is the Odyssey 2.
1: Oh, was yes. The yeah, yeah. Oh, video pack.
4: In those pack. days, when I was really big into the, it was sort of the fanboy like the Xbox Sony thing going on between yeah. the mm-hmm. Magnavox Odyssey and the Atari. And the Magnavox was a better machine. It had analog control instead of
1: yeah, e-
4: e- mm-hmm. And it had a keyboard. It had all kinds of yeah. good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what killed it is it was a Magnavox. And therefore, in those days, you had to go to a Magnavox TV store. How it worked, it, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's yeah. So, yeah. So, so interesting. The reason
4: Atari got ahead of it is they sold everywhere. And then Magnavox... If you didn't have a Magnavox
2: TV, TV, yeah. You're TV right
4: in your town, you were not going to get a Magnavox.
2: They, they almost made it sound like if you didn't have a Magnavox TV. Like, yeah, exactly. a TV like. but I mean, yeah, they okay, did. Yeah.
4: You, you call it a lot, Because by the words that come out, I can't yeah. separate the two. It's a Magnavox box Right. And yeah. And that's because. You have to have Magnus. So, I mean,
1: and there's a pretty big homebrew community for the Odyssey. Yeah. Like, there's this game, uh, Cavity, that I got, uh, that I reviewed for an old old magazine, and it was, it's outstanding. I was like, holy cow, like, this uh, is... It was mind-blowing, like, what uh, they're pulling they, out of the they, Odyssey now. Yeah, the I, mean, Magnavox, like I, that. I too, because that
2: is a great console. I mean, and they, yes. They have a voice pack actually, that yeah. came on the top. Yep. That was really revolutionary, I mean, the home console, to have that. You know, that was really cool. Uh, games like Munchkin uh, were, like... Should rip of the Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. KC Munchkin? Didn't, yeah, yeah. They couldn't get the rights of Yeah, and then so like, they came out with like, Munchkin 2, and it was like, Centipede, you had the Centipede, and it's kind of like it's just a whole joke and like yeah. eating like, and all this stuff. So yeah, so I think it's console. But and that became the collector
4: cartridge because they pulled them. Yes. Yeah. Because Atari won the lawsuit, and they yeah. had to pull them, so it became like gold to get Right, gold. absolutely. And
2: what I love about like, the Odyssey 2 is that you had these games, like 3 or 4 of them, that were actually like board games. So it was like, yeah. Quest for the Ring. Um, yeah, and like, it's like it's a combination of like best of both worlds of board games and yeah, and video games and brought into the world of video games.
1: I have a few of those complete, and they're so cool to even display in a collection now yeah. because yeah, yeah. they have all the little pieces. Yeah, a question?
0: Yeah, you also skipped over the RCA Studio Two, which obviously had yeah. a very short commercial Yes, Studio uh, Two, but it is notable in that RCA actually made the chip, just like Fairchild made the chips in the Channel F. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and you mentioned that there were there was a legal clone, like Gemini of VCS. Actually, there were legal clones, I believe, or at least they were possible for every console prior to the NES. And the reason is that the chips were either not owned not designed by the console maker for RCA and Airchild were selling the chips on the open market. They wanted to sell them for for broad use. So anybody could make a console, it was totally legal as long as they bought the real chip from the manufacturer. Uh The chips in the VCS were made entirely in, designed and and manufactured entirely in Pennsylvania by a company that had nothing to do with Atari.
1: Oh, interesting, so they're just trying to make money. Like, makes sense.
2: I guess it's kind of like like a VHS, right? I mean, like you have multiple companies make VHS because it's players, and they just play the same. I mean, in some sense, like now. like
1: a, like a VCR, yeah. VCR. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's how they looked at video game systems back then. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Same good.
0: with Palm, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So the Pong clones were using a General Instruments chip. General Instruments is in Atlanta. Right. It wasn't near any of the big Pong console makers. There, there were a ton of
2: Pong clones. I mean, there's ones that have like light guns and. But yeah, it was like
3: as well. Gaming you know, it was in simplest forms back then, so, I mean, mostly just going for high scores, there wasn't much story back then, very light. I mean, I think, like, Yard's Revenge had, like, a pretty big story, but yeah. you wouldn't know that much you read the yes. manual. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that goes back to the
1: old arcade culture of that yeah. you had, you know, people that would move, move the arcade machines into different bars and places to have somebody on there popping in a quarter and going to the next game, like they're trying to make money off of it. So when they brought it to consoles, they just tried to replicate that real quickly. That's why there's a lot of ports. Yeah. I mean it makes sense. And then, you know, yeah. as the console generations grow, the story a
2: lot of limitations of the system and just mm-hmm. like, to like like ports like Donkey Kong and the Kliga. Like they they remove the high factory stage and they you know the cutscenes and they add that later on in the add port but uh you know, so you still had to go to the arcade to really play, like, the authentic experience. And I think part of that was probably intentional, part of it was due to limitations of And well,
1: the, the tech game. was expensive back then, too. Yeah. And like,
3: I just think it wasn't until, like, Genesis, Super Nintendo era that games would play almost identical to their arcade counterparts, for the most part. It was starting to get there, yeah, yeah for so. sure. But, you know, after the backtracks, you know, in 83, like, that time
2: period, the video game crash hit. For a number of reasons, there's just a plethora of just games out there, and not just games, but, like, there's no relational games, right? So, like... There's no quality control. No quality control. Yeah. So anyone who's releasing whatever, on what, 2600, whether it's a pornographic game or, you know, like, uh, Halloween or whatever, you know, you're blowing down kids and selling <laughs> <you know, laughs> them. Like some of the games from now are crazy. So I, I think those parents kind of just, you saw so much of it, and
1: mm. I think people got sick of it. So and so like, many games are coming out, you just flood yeah. the market, and there's not a whole demand for it. So then they start hitting up the dollar bins. I mean, So like from 83,
2: you know, 85 it was a dark time for gaming. But, yeah. uh, but, uh, but, for but for us, it,
1: games games was no, it was not a dark time for me for gaming though Because as a consumer, oh, it was Shangri-La, there's so many games everywhere It's a dollar for a game yeah, was, Like my parents would buy me games, I was like five at the time like, it was
3: awesome I'd like to point out, as it was happening, the video game crashed We, didn't, we weren't really aware No the, the home computers were coming out. Right. I just thought it was a natural progression to move on to that. That's Absolutely. True. As Bill Shatner was saying, why buy a game system when you buy a computer? This is right. true. And then
2: I'd rather yeah. bring up the, right. the, the home, home computers. Computer. Yeah. So if you had like the Apple, you know, Apple II computer, Commodore was, was smart. smart. Commodore was smart. Uh, of course, you know, the, um, they had before the Commodore, they had the, what's the Commodore not like, on the... Uh, Big 20? Big 20, 20. Give, yeah. 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 I you can think of that. But, but they have, Blackboard. they're smart because they release
0: everything on the cart. So you have
2: the, you, know, you can get the keyboard, and then if you want to buy the disc separately, if you want to print it, yeah. you get the, print, the printer separately. Oh, so yeah. Like, yeah. They sold the commerce before for like you know, 200 bucks, which is a lot. Early 80 dollars for the replacement, still, but yeah, you know, you look at like the Apple, too, and, like that was all everything together.
1: I just remember my brother used that to get us a Commodore because he's like, Well, if I save up half of it, my parents would pay for the other half, but then he also had to get the printer and everything else that yeah, also, yeah, like later on, so it cost way more. But he saved up like basically a hundred bucks and we got our Commodore. So the Commodore
2: monitor, even today, is one of the best monitors, play it's the very world. nice, so it's a really nice really good monitor to play games. They're, they're kind of expensive and expensive to uh, to ship, but uh, if you ever find a Commodore monitor, that's the best way to play. Like, classic consoles, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, like, next to a PVM,
1: like, Commodore monitors on that. Anymore.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. sure. And,
1: yeah?
0: But the floppy drives are a disaster. Yeah, the floppy drives. Monstrous. you know they had more computing power and more RAM, more CPU speed and more RAM than the floppy drives in the C64. Really?
2: Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing. They're just ridiculous. I remember putting, like, codes yeah, yeah. load, load, load. star,
1: you know. It's shifting two star, shifting to comma eight, one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's just ingrained.
0: The OS is in the floppy drive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mostly in the Commodore. Well.
1: well, that's why when um, Epix released their fast loader later, they essentially had a faster version of the Commodore operating system on the cartridge, and they got sued, lost, and that's why there's no more Epics. They did hmm. summer games and winter games yeah, and all the classics. Check. They did that fast loader card, which was the standard for a long time because it loaded the games in 30 seconds. instead of 30 minutes. Like It was yeah. revolutionary. But they essentially illegally copied the operating system onto it and made it load faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now, of course, they have the um, SD cards that look like a little hard drive that you can plug in so you don't have to use the disk drives anymore. And that combined with the Epix fast loader or an action replay can load games instantaneously hmm. so you have your flashcard version of a Commodore I always call it Epics. I call fix. it Epix I, I, I mean I just, I call it what I call it but yeah. that's we, I grew we, up. we fight
3: about, uh, on, our, on my podcast we fight about all the it's 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 right. Fax Anadou, Faz do, you know. ease wise Ninja, wise. Ninja, wise. Ninja Gaiden, Ninja
1: Gaiden. Ninja. Ninja. I only do Ninja Gaiden because of the wizard he goes Ninja Gaiden like <laughs> in the movie The Wizard*, So... Hardcore, courts. Not you know, hardcore. Hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always call it epics. Yeah. For
0: foreign words, you can actually get an authoritative answer. But when a word's made up, it's like, well, who are you going ask, you to ask? You ask one creator, they say one thing. You ask the other one,
2: they say something. <laughs> What's my word? I've heard them both ways. yesterday, there was an Australian panel with, with Wood and Ali. was a big debate on them. They say, say it. If they, they see God, show it. But yeah. we we say, so they Australia, they then they say, they say, Austrian they don't. have yeah, but yeah. yeah. you know someone brought up a point because <laughs> they said at one point they were talking about Mega Drive and they said Mega Drive, they didn't say Mega Drive, yeah. right? So interesting. The Japanese say Sega,
0: it's just a plain net. Sega. Yeah, Sega. Sega. Sega.
1: Sega. That's why they yell. That's why they yell. But
0: even
2: when you boot the the it's like Sega, yeah. you know, like,
3: it says yeah. it in the game. <laughs> it says yeah. it in the game. So do, you, do you know why they, that, that's the, that file, I guess it was like the, uh, like the last thing they put in, the, in that Sega game. Yeah. That Sonic game was just that. They had like enough well, memory to do that. Technically it's service games, right? Yeah, famous. service games.
2: Should we ser- uh, ser- ser- yeah, so we go. Should we start, Francis? So, yeah. So, ser- good. Yeah. Ser- yeah. ser- <laughs> All right, and, uh, anyway, you off point here But yeah, so the video game crash happened Of course, the white that I came through you know, was the Nintendo Yes, right, but Nintendo was smart Because they knew that kind of the customers were bit, The market were sensitive to like the Video games, right? So yeah. They, they, they ran as it a toy. as a toy As yeah. an entertainment system And put a lot of checks and balances in place and to
1: pre- prevent People from just mass producing well, things the Without Nintendo their ball, control yeah, yeah. Volume, And, well, and the chips were a lot Produced by them,
2: by them. A lot, And they limited, I think, the publisher to five Yes. Yeah, and it wasn't only the no.
1: chips, they had to produce the cartridges through Nintendo as well. There, there were loopholes,
2: though. Oh, absolutely, like, loopholes. You know, like claim had, what was the other brand? Yeah, were like yeah. multi- well, you had Nami Ultra. Nami, Nami Ultra, Ultra. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Acclaim uh, had, had LJN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there, there was never loopholes. But, uh, you know, the truck of horse, I think, was Rob the Robot, right? And that's like the toy that they, they bundled it with. Uh, if you look, like, the first market was New York when they put this out here in 85, <laughs> but. If you look, if you find like a Rob the Robot box, I know there's one I have to show for. you about um, that there's like a picture of the set and it says like something like entertainment set but the actual first release of the system doesn't have that picture. No, it's just Rob. It's just Rob. <laughs> and it's like a blank area, it's part
0: of the box. And right. you know, I was fortunate when I bought mine, mine that to the
2: first run, I had no idea when I bought it. Nice. And I come to that later on, I'm like, okay, I got the, mm. the first run. And if you look at the serial number on the, the NES too, it's a little lower number. Which is kind of interesting about that. There's only two games that come out of Rob Robot. I mean, does anyone have a Rob? Yeah, it's kind of you know, easy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, it's uh,
1: and And they have different title screens than the cartridge label, of course. Yeah,
2: and Robot. Only on, <laughs> it'll only work on like a 2 TV, it won't work on a
1: 2 TV. Yeah. Just like a light lightning won't work on it. No, there are some homebrews, some newer ones that use Rob. There's an 8-bit Xmas cart from 2015 where the Robs dance, and you can do like 20 Robs, and they'll all there's dance really to Christmas music. Oh, really? Yeah, it's hilarious. Like, it actually has Rob on the title screen, and you put him in there, you press a button, and it flashes, and they all dance. That's cool. Like, it's hilarious. It's, That's cool. I mean, it actually works. What
2: yeah. We yeah. I mean, speaking of accessories for the yeah, dance, though, so there's so many yes. accessories. What were some of your guys that you like? I mean, I remember the Zapper probably the most iconic. Yeah, it's probably the most iconic. Yeah, most iconic but have you yeah. seen that game? Speaking of home brews, have you seen that like Rush Roulette game? Oh, Super Russian
1: Roulette where you, <laughs> you have a shots around there and if you lose, <laughs> you take a shot. <laughs> like, that's There's awesome. The, the, the rock and roll. Rock and roller. Yeah, yeah. rock and roller. Rock and roller. Yeah. Yeah. It could be the power pad was cool. Believe it or not, I had a U force growing up. Like oh, yeah, I actually okay. had I one. It, like. it works okay, but it's like it's awkward because so, you basically have to hover your arms so over. There's there's uh, eight like, there's eight sensors you can but it's like, oh, wow. there's eight sensors, yeah. and you could lay it flat, you could lay it upward. There's yeah. a little Top Gun-style controller that there's little flippers, and they flip over when you hit the red buttons on the top, and you can move left, to right. There's a little power bar that you can play with Mike Tyson's punch-out that didn't work.
2: Mm. No, no, <laughs> yeah, none, of, none of the games worked for it. No. Um, yeah, and then, of course, the power glove, which is another But not good, I, I so do know
1: somebody that they said they can so beat the original Ninja Gaiden with a U-Force. <sighs> And I was like, I need to see this! Like, I need to see this. He said he did a video on it and I need to find it. Like, uh, yeah. The, the, uh, the big thing I, I really like
3: is controllers. Um uh, how to control you know, to get a lot of different yes. types of controllers. What's, your, what's your favorite Well, well my controller. favorite is the one made by a which is the wireless, it was kind of like the first foray into wireless controllers, (laughs) and uh, it was, I believe it was a radio frequency based, it was like RF or something like that, so like, um, unless you were like right right in line with it, if you, like my big thing was, I wanted to play video games in my bed, in my room, under the covers, and so when I got this, I was like, this is going to be amazing, like I'm going to be able to just like be snug play some games, and I ha- and <laughs> my so arm got a bit cold because they'd have to be like above the thing on my point of so like <laughs> that was the one that I, so I no wanted. Yeah, oh, so like all the people that are like, that, that don't remember that in the community, so maybe you were like too young like that, that was like the bane of my existence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I would say my favorite third party is called the Bijou Zipper and basically it's like the, the it's like the NES1 no there's another version right. and it's like an NES1 but it's rounded corners and it has these nice adjustable turbos on it and it's outstanding there is a version with a speaker
2: yeah
1: and there is a version with a little little plug and you can put right. headphones in yeah. that you can listen to as that well that's one like this
2: the advanced one like this is the joystick one NES advantage? advantage yeah Advantage yeah that's
3: <laughs> how that work as far as the speaker goes because like if you plug it in you plug it into the controller in the controller it doesn't turn, it doesn't turn off the volume on the TV. no the, there's an AV plug on the right. controller that
1: you put oh. inside
2: the, the NES okay.
1: so that way it uses yeah, other,
2: that other really cool uh, Peripherals would be like the the uh, Mirko panel was really cool. Yes, I um, don't just have a panel, but like, it's a keyboard that you can hook up to your. And you have teach it how to play.
1: It, it literally does teach you pretty it well because I have play.
2: one. It it works well. now I've heard you play. You play. No, heard you play. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I think we're winning one on the floor. Let's let's do it. Let's <laughs> um, go. Right.
0: Yeah. It's fine, but they did make versions for several home computers that worked kind of better. They, oh,
2: they, absolutely. Just for for the. Well, the PC one is PC outstanding. One. The PC one, yeah, but it makes software, yes, yeah, so yeah, it's impressive. It's, it's yeah. impressive, and that
0: was by uh, tool, tool, uh, software, software, tool. They did like uh, the Mario missing. And yes. mm-hmm. Rotorbund publish published the new course, but I have serious doubts as to whether they developed it. Yeah. wants to claim about
3: nobody
1: to wants to claim that. Possibility <laughs> for that <laughs> yeah. travesty. Uh, uh, master system
3: came out after that,
2: right? Or did it come out right? So before it before? came out a little bit afterwards. Because um, that was the market. Well, history. Yeah, so every yeah, so a history of coming out. Know, well, like, this is kind of over the 5200 and. 7800. Well, the 7800 a bit the The 5200 is a good console by Atari, too. It just, their biggest issue was uh, the controller. Was, it wasn't, yeah, the controller was always, it doesn't work half the time, but uh, it wasn't backwards compatible initially. They did have an adapter where mm-hmm. uh, you later on play like, 600 games, but uh, it was basically like their very home computer for a lot of games. The, the the importer were, you know, the same as the console. They're good ports though. I will okay. never forget
3: watching, uh, Angry Video being here video. Oh yeah, the 5200. Putting the beer rolling rock out of the 5200. <laughs> that's, like, ingrained well, on the controller so slot. If anybody yeah. the 5200, I kind of want rolling on. Yeah, i <laughs> yeah, with it. You can tell the controller reports blew back.
2: They probably have the best track. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. And it's audio. big. Yeah,
3: it's
0: huge. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's, it's actually. It's like a console. it's console We haven't really seen a lot of that in newer yeah. consoles like what's the Nintendo era, like trackballs, and you know. Um, true, Because yeah. yeah. a lot of arcade machines like Crystal yeah. Castles, they, yeah, we Sh- they were coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And that was just like a really like, revolutionary way to play certain types of games that were built for that trackball. I what play like Mega Man with yeah
1: a trackball. Was it like on the NES though, you had the mouse controller for Arkanoid? So, we oh, did have that, yeah. which was nice. That's the optimal way to play Arkanoid on yeah, the Lord, NES. Lord, Lord. But those are hard to find. Um, also, in Japan, they had a track and field controller with the two buttons, so you could play the arcade style track and field from Konami. I have a copy of it boxed. just <laughs> take a pencil like, oh, and yeah. yeah, the pencil trick was classic. You yeah. just put something between it. Yeah. That's why I did that, because they do the pencil trick. Yeah. <laughs> or a spoon. You know, a spoon real fast on the <laughs> controller. <laughs> Yeah, I Those are classics. And of course on the Commodore, when you're playing summer games, you have to waggle the joystick back mm-hmm. and forth, you're breaking your joysticks playing an Olympic summer game. The 7800
3: was after 5200, so that was yeah. like a, Well, it was, actually, it, was
1: after, it was It was yes. It
2: was developed before the DS, and part of the time decided, for some reason, they to release it at that time, so... Um, yeah. It just didn't advance,
1: like, to where the NES was, and then it yeah. came out later, and it was... Yeah,
2: if I recall, I heard somewhere uh, that Nintendo, oh. actually we talked to Atari about distributing the, <laughs> the NES at uh, that point. Yeah. Right, and, yes. And, and, like, it, Atari didn't know, like well,
3: out out and, yeah, no, Atari shop, Atari came from the deal, but yeah. Atari wanted licensing that Nintendo couldn't accept. Okay, that's what happened, yeah. Well, they kind <laughs> of, some <did> staff somebody in <laughs> the back, way back when uh, originally they were going to come out with the games on Atari, right, the 2600, mm-hmm. I believe. What well, was it... it, it they had worked with Cleco. They worked and with Coleco. Yeah. It was like the Atari when
2: they went to the um,
1: for Donkey Kong, right? Yeah, when they went to the,
2: the Toy forward, not the Toy Fair, but the
1: commercial um, the, the, you know, the, the work they promote, you know, CDS, it's CS, CES, yeah. I think. It, um,
2: you know they saw that Coleco was working on Nintendo, the they're like, Oh we don't want to work with you. So I mean yeah, I
3: think Atari was regretted that decision for sure. But it's probably the reverse um, of the CDI disaster.
1: Yeah, then, yeah, uh, the, Sony, Nintendo, the Sony, Nintendo disaster later. Was,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Nintendo is definitely iconic, and yes, I mean, that's just...
1: absolutely. It was just one of those things that they did with the graphical upgrade, combined with the music abilities and all of that minimalization that allowed creators to do the most with that hardware. It was like the first time. Super Mario Brothers
2: to me was like the first story game I ever seen. Yeah, most games were like single screen, like Pac Man or Galaga or whatever it may be, but Mm. Super Mario Brothers like like a scrolling effect blew my mind and like. You had, a, you had a mission to save the princess. Like, there was like a beginning, middle end. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was like, I mean, you have small cuts in Donkey Kong, or, and you know, yeah. but this was like a story, and that was like just mind-blowing to me.
3: And, that, and, and while I like arcade-style games in some aspect, uh, because I grew up on that, uh, that is kind of like, just, how I envision games, like a beginning. There's uh, games in my opinion should always have a beginning, middle, and an end. And if they don't and they're more score based or arcade based, then that's fine. It's still a fun game. But to me it's like that's like the core of a game should always have like it should be like storybook in a lot of ways, but you know, you're kind of the storyteller.
1: I also think like Nintendo's marketing was genius back then because like the commercials, they drew you in. They made you want to be a part of that world because they showed like little nuances that were in each game like Mario or Zelda or, you know, like and and Metroid. Like they would just show you enough and then you just wanted to play them and and then you got engrossed in it because there's something brand new that we never had as gamers up to that point. Those
3: games even to this day are still influential on game developers, especially indie developers that are making games. I mean, all the, uh, Metroid-based games, are
2: if, oh. If you guys have time, there's a better joke, or not, I don't know if you guys will check out his table, yet, yeah, but Mystic Search you can up with like, an engine to, like, actually make your own NES game really easy, so you don't have to like, be, like, a programmer. Yeah. So he's taking
1: that to Kickstarter, and it's yeah. literally like you use There's the PC willing. thing, you you make the art, you you it's, put it and you put well, a put a cartridge in and burn it to a cartridge and play it in your NES. Like, like,
0: yeah,
2: it's, it's, like, it's NES game maker essentially. essentially. Yeah, like NES game maker. Basically, he's doing it. so. It's, right now, it's designed for like an adventure game, but you change it to yeah. like a platformer, to like a shooter, to like whatever you like. So it's a pretty mind blowing. And I think when he releases that, he's like. I think it's only going to be like fifteen bucks. I mean it's gonna be like not that much. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Nine.
1: and I think it, even with the with the cartridge burner and everything, it's gonna be like sixty, like a normal yeah, NES release. It's Mystic is
2: good, yeah, we?
1: Mystic Searches. it's like kind the free play, monster. or it might have a big sense it's the new eight-bit heroes because he did a documentary yeah, yeah. that documented him making this insane game and how crazy people I have to be to make NES games because it's really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's not intuitive so, at all. Once that comes
2: out, I think more going to be more NES. well.
1: There's already almost three hundred NES homebrews <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm documenting. I'm for a future book, and it's it's insane. That's like almost half of like the actual, like, actual library. Yeah, yeah, that's. Let's get close. Cool. Uh, and but, imagine when a tool like that comes out, and then we all can use our own creativity and make it. That's just it's going to blow up and be amazing. It's going to be great.
3: Assembly
1: language. No, that's what that's what my block is. I have a programming background. I can never get beyond putting something on a screen to making something logical. Yeah. Like that was it. Like it was that was it. I could oh I can move around a pixel. Now it's like.
2: I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Too many banks. This is all little for you, but let's oh. uh, talk about the Sega Master System real Because okay. that was kind of, in my mind, kind of overlooked concept here in North America anyway. It was huge in Brazil, it still is. Yeah. Uh, huge in other parts of Australia. It was they, huge. Mm-hmm. What's that? There was a little no, so recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah recently. Brazil was I, I just picked up like a couple months ago, I got Street Fighter II for the Sega Master System. Amazing. Yeah. It only came huh. out in Brazil. It's in Portuguese. It's pretty sweet, but... Uh, <laughs> But it graphically, this it looks great. And there was like great. Battle Battle Maniacs,
1: which was the Super Nintendo. Yeah. They did a port for the, master, more system so. for the master System.
2: Yeah. World
1: of of and, and, and for collectors, it's like a bluer label instead of the red that we're used yeah. to. It's like a blue label yeah, it's, is it's, the it's, Brazil. Sometimes white. Label. Yeah. So was, uh, yeah. Sometimes white. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a great console. The only thing I don't like the
2: controller it's, you know the D pad is kind of weird, it's there's no start, there's no the pause buttons on
1: it. Now, which D pad oh. did you have? Because there was two. There was one with like a little arcade. Nub oh, in it, and then there's the flat one. I had oh, the nub at oh, first. Oh. Now that's really bad. I don't oh, like the oh. little nub. It's,
3: it's removable. Yes, it Let's is. It yeah, yeah. I
1: never like the nub thing. You have the hole, and it's like yeah. I, I didn't. Well, oh, that's think why that. I was saying screw things sometimes. Yeah. yeah. yeah I see
3: kind of
4: Genesis kind of controllers work, because I'm pretty sure. Yes, yes, the
1: Genesis
2: yeah. controller will work. It's
1: just yeah. something. Yeah. The start button doesn't work still because it's on the system.
2: As well, like you, how games Yeah, you yeah. If, if you guys have a Game Gear, if you grew up in Game Gear, most likely you can play mm-hmm. these games because a lot of the games are poured over to the Game Gear. Well, right and and, and there's, there's a really and the yeah the there's players. a
1: really good version of Ninja Gaiden on the Master System that was only released in PAL. Yeah. It's like Ninja Gaiden 4, essentially. actually created that
3: version. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. good. They, they have really a
2: now for the Game Gear where you can actually play
3: Second Master System games on the Game oh, oh, Gear, pretty sweet. That's amazing. Do you have anything like that's opposite? like and my game gears, they suck. You know what I mean? Like, I like the game. Yeah. Is there anything to play it
1: on TV? Uh, I, I, I've seen some modders that have put out some really cool stuff. I think it was like Eric Bishop online. He's put out this one where he, he puts a... Game Gear in the match system and it blows it up to a screen. Hmm. I thought that one, that one was pretty cool. I don't think any clone systems have put one on it yet, though. I,
0: I think because well, you can't do it the opposite way because the Game no. Gear is actually more powerful than that. Yes. System. Yeah. 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 Time, yeah. yeah. Like, the more powerful. But this, I've seen they just are kind yeah. yeah,
2: of weird kind of Yeah. Because yeah, because the resolution on the Game Gear is kind of at least my Game Gear is like, a like light and it's body kind of thing, you know. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, basically a couple hundred bucks is how much those mods would probably cost somebody to do, but it looks
2: amazing. But you know, yeah, I hate to say it though. Probably the best way to play would be like on a Raspberry right, right, <laughs> like Pi. Yeah, unfortunately. <coughs> unfortunately, that's kind of like probably you know, there's no. Uh, you had a yeah, you question I was just
4: going to say, I personally find the best way to play Game Gear games this day and age because you still want to play a handheld. There's an Wait. Android device called the uh, JXD. Okay. And it's got this massive, lovely screen.
1: Oh, awesome! It's like nice. There you go. There it's you go. It's great. Yeah, and that's so perfect. Well, because the thing with the Game Gear was is everything was so zoomed in, so if you try to play it on a big screen, it's kind of awkward. Even mm-hmm. if it plays perfectly one to one, it's still a little yeah. awkward because of the. I remember I wait. was so
2: jealous that I wanted a TV tuner growing up as a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I felt like the commercial was a TV tuner, and I know the <laughs> like, the Turbo Express had it as well. Yeah, but, but the marketing I mean, on the the, the, marketing the was Game Gear. So yeah. I was like, oh my god, I want, I want that. I have one now in South Lake And and you remember although, marketing. Although I I live was, I live in Arizona, I live close to the Mexican border and I do get some Mexican stations. Yeah. Now now do you
1: remember the um, the JCPenney catalog back in the day speaking of marketing we had all the toys in there from like yeah. NES master system like that's where that TV tuner was. Had yeah we had a question.
0: The TV tuner actually has an AV input. I saw someone was playing drink pass on the game gear screen.
1: It has an AV tuner. It has an AV, oh, and AV in. AVN. Yeah. Go. It's, a, wow. it's, a, it's a
0: quarter inch mini jack you have, you have to get an adapter. You can get a regular.
1: So, program. so you can play NES on your yeah. game. The
3: Master System
0: and the NES
3: were different in terms of popularity depending on the region that you were from. So if you're from the UK, Brazil, like that, right. yeah. Australia, like any PAL regions, Sega
2: had that, like, I, big time. I know this is, like, controversial because I know we have a lot of NES games, myself included, sure. the NES, but, like, to me, the Sega System just was just more powerful in regards to like this color...
1: Yes, the know. colors popped. I will say
3: colors, yes, it was a more colorful system. But some of the things that you can do with a Famicom specifically, in my opinion, okay. blow the Sega Master System out of the water, specifically sound-wise. Yes. Because you can plug in, uh, Famicom games, certain Famicom games had chips in them that were special chips mm-hmm. that would uh, enhance audio, enhance visuals, various different things. You can only get that experience uh, for the most part on a, on a Famicom because yeah. you heavily modded your NES. So, that is, what, me personally, that's where my collection has been lately, and that's where it's going to keep, keep going. I mean, yeah. you listen to some of these soundtracks and they're just like unbelievable. That's why bands covered that. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so you would get like FM music that you would normally hear, FM set that you would normally hear in like the Genesis, on like uh, a game like, which uh, I believe the only game was LeBron uh, Point for, uh, yeah, the Famicom. Fantastic soundtrack. Even
0: Castlevania 3, which uh, well, I had, an, had an extra yeah. sound which channel. Which has a good
3: soundtrack. Yeah. In Japan, you can, can you imagine double that many? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, on our uh, VGM podcast based on radio, we just did an episode of Aonara Bensetsu versus Castlevania 3. We compared these tracks back to back, and we were seriously questioning how we felt about these songs. Uh, because we grew up on the Castlevania 3 soundtrack, couldn't get over the rose-colored glasses. Yeah, so. no. well, no. <laughs> A lot of the times we were saying that the the Famicom version blew it out of the water. So yeah, make sure. Yeah, so personally, I think the the Famicom specifically, and the NES, especially later in like down the because I mean they were making games up to about like ninety three or so, mm-hmm. ninety three ninety four. For for what's for this for the name? NES? Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah. Some of these games that were come out were just like. You compare it with the Master System's like night and day. But I think they did some really good conversions
1: on the Master okay. System. So, so Master System was most popular in the UK. Yeah. And you had, you know, the Nintendo in the U.S. Now, in yeah. Japan, our upcoming system destroyed both of them in the 8-bit era. Oh, the PC, the, the PC Engine. The PC which which is technically an 8-bit system, right. even yeah. though it was super powerful. You want
0: to be that technical, though, The television is 16.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it
2: is. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's being technical.
0: Yeah, be cool. uh, yeah say, I like yeah. the
1: PC
2: Engine Turbo Redford 16 a lot. Uh, oh, I think love under- that turbo. system. It's a very uh, over- underrated console here in North America, for sure. Um, I, I haven't grown up, but my neighbor had one. And I would go to his place, we'd get yeah, Turbo uh, 16. Uh, but just playing box adventure mm-hmm. and games like that. A lot of great shooters on the game, too. Yeah, that was the classic system Gal- where Gal- there was. Turbo 90 is actually a really good game.
1: Yeah. There's always, like, a kid in your neighborhood that had the turbo. I never had it, but I remember playing Tricky Kick back in the day, too, for yeah, some reason. Yeah. Uh, it's like, <laughs> never so, had it again. No. Uh,
2: it's unfortunate. I think it's a great win on the answers Yeah. To to Brilliant. Brilliant. yeah. yeah. So, awesome. questions?
4: From I'm from the UK. I yeah. never had the PC engine or the turbo graphics. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I've always wanted to import yeah. one, but I've never been sure which one to go for out right of the two. I thought I mean, you were just
3: American. Did. You just were really good at
0: it. I <laughs> <laughs> It's
1: all you all day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have we have weird American accents. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, well, actually, they did release. I thought they, did, they released a power version. That was very limited. Um, it looks like it kind of looks very like rare. It's yeah, very rare. I it's, think like, it's only got a, like literally a couple of games. Right. And right. it looks like a T-Rex 16 but it's like gray and it's like says like, like, like you yeah. know it's called a bit different. But uh, I don't know, like James Chester. I don't know if you know his channel uh, Chester is on YouTube, but I know he has one he box and it's like this is really I don't even know if he have to get any games for it. Yeah. It's so obscure. shuttle. Yeah. What's well, that? The shuttle? Well, the shuttle looks like, like something from Star Trek. I think that's what you're thinking of, like, like a yeah.
1: shuttle. So, um, so, so the one you're going to want to import, though, would be the like a Japanese PC Engine Duo R. That's like the yes. one I have. And essentially, there's an RX, too, but the R has the best value. You can get it modded where it plays uh, both U.S. and Japanese. The disc side of it, because that's a disc, too. You want both. Uh, the yeah. disc side plays everything region free. Um, two,
2: which the
1: say? PC Engine R. Duo R—that's the one I like. It's like it's a oh, gray DJ. one with like purple. Um, yeah, and I have mine modded There's with a region switch. And, and also the um, the little EverDrive, the Turbo EverDrive, has a region switch on it yeah, too. A- but the problem is on a CRT, you're going to deal with your your PAL hertz. So that's still going to be something you have to overcome. Yeah, but if you get a professional video monitor those automatically do the switching within them. Some of them do, so you can get by by that. Most games, uh,
3: well, almost all games in the US ran at 60 Hertz on TVs versus 50 Hertz in the UK. But there There were some games, I believe, that wouldn't work, even with like adapters and all that stuff. Like there were certain games, like um, for the NES, that you couldn't play. Asterix. Asterix, thank you, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Asterix. Um, which you would get to a certain point in the game if you are playing it on the US system, and then boom, it would just shut off. If you ever played, it, the only in on Japan the Super
1: Graphics. Super? <coughs> yes. Super Graphics. Yeah, it has like one of the best ports of Dai Makamura for, like, posting. Like, it, it looks like an engine, I mean, it looks like an
2: engine on the yeah. way it's designed, but it was yeah. a successor to the PC engine.
1: How many games are there? Six, seven? Yeah, it's tiny. Half a dozen games. And then there's like two, uh, Darius, like, up ports that have better graphics uh, on them. Uh, there's, like,
2: a like, uh, Came for
1: a port and then yeah, the
2: best that's like port the, port the one. best one. The best port I it, and it's a great, great console, but very obscure. It's the most
0: exclusive, but the Duo R is what is what a practical gamer wants. It's, yeah. it's got a reliable drive. If you get a, the Duo is a great yes. machine, too, but it's drive fill. It's CD drive fill,
1: and it has decent capacitors as well because yes. you have the capacitor issue with all of the NEC products because they put cheaper ones on there and they leak.
2: CD, speaking of CD, that's one of the very first CD consoles that we kind of right. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, then came the Sega
3: CD after mm. that. Shortly after that, but who, who can forget first? the FM Towns Marty, yes. the <laughs> silliest yeah. name of any video game console? <laughs> the FM
2: Towns Marty, absolutely. I want to see Marty. Look, before we wrap things up here, let me just jump into the, the 16-bit battle. Yes, guess, like, the Council races.
3: wars. The Council wars. What, what do you guys look towards? Oh, Nintendo. Now, yeah, absolutely. I mean, nowadays when I look back on it, I was just my my parents were always buying me Nintendo systems because I always wanted the Nintendo systems. So that's the way I went. But as I grew up and got older, and you know, I was in college and stuff, and I was playing games on emulators, I started discovering. You know, I actually have a really strong love of uh, Genesis games. So now I'm not really a, a fanboy as much, but uh, I still love Nintendo. System, I still so try I to always get Nintendo. To me, it depends on the time, like what style of game I'm interested in playing.
2: So, like, Absolutely. If, I, if I want to beat them up, I'll go with Genesis. Yes. You know, I mean, that's Streets of Rage, games like that. Uh, if I want to like, get sports, title, I'll go with Genesis, because, like, Joe Montana talking football, like, that blew my mind. NHL 94. Just, huh? NHL uh, 94. Yeah, yeah making him over his head bleed. Mutually
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but if it came to, like, platformers or RPGs, right. oh. uh, RPG, RPG uh, madness, RPG fighting games, uh, beat em ups, I would always go to Super NES. That's yep. my my jam. But, uh, you know, the, uh, Genesis has some unbelievable shooters. Yeah, straight
1: through Oh, outstanding. There's yeah. so many released each yeah. year.
0: I think if you go handheld, though, and you've got an option between using the Game Gear or the Nintendo, mm-hmm. especially, bearing in mind, that the whole point of them is you can take them on the go. You're better off with the Game Gear, because you right. can actually see that. It looks like the sun. You can actually see what's on the screen, whereas mm-hmm. with the Game Gear, you
1: so, yeah. yeah I, no, well, and you that, get about 15 minutes of
2: gameplay with the Game Gear. Fact, yeah, I mean, the batteries I mean, are gone. So different now huh, than The Game Boy compared to the Game Gear. And then yeah. I, one of my first handhelds I had it was uh, the Lynx, Atari Lynx. I got that when it first came out. Nice. There we go. I go. yeah. so got a Model 2. Nice, dude. And, uh, and then, of course,
1: the Turbo Express came out in the 90s as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Super, super Which is so the portable Turbo Graphics. That might be a way to pull. One of my <laughs> favorite
3: consoles. Uh, I love the huge, great library. One oh. of my favorite handhelds. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, us, uh, Game Boy the- player has pretty much like made any handhelds of that okay. time and era, like useless. <laughs> yeah, like script.
2: to your point yeah. that like you it was yeah. a battle, right? Yeah. So you yeah. have to like kind like use Light to yeah. kind of get a certain way to look at it. They had I remember these are odd like fun little side tasks that you'd add to it. The, the, oh yeah, the, the color. Do you remember the worm lights? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that
3: was a weird weird. thing in my existence. Or I
2: had a thing where you actually like put the Game Boy in it and like close it over and, right.
3: Like, it. Right. It's it, like a like, giant shuttle it. for yeah.
1: the yeah. Game Boy.
3: There's yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I had I had the magnifying glass for the original uh, yeah. Game Boy with the little That's light awesome. in it.
2: Best version of a Game Boy I have is a Game Boy Light, when it came out of Japan. Yeah, I have
1: one. Oh, dude, yeah. 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 So yeah. nice. It's, yeah. Really cool. yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. But, uh, it's really cool. It's almost you worth get, paying people, somebody to People get like a monitor. Yeah, like, a it's almost style, worth like, paying that. But it's like the the
3: screen on that is like almost like a a really cool liquidy like blue. Yeah, it's, it's really weird to yeah. play a game on the Game Boy Light. Like, yeah, An interesting
1: yeah. quiz question, too, is like you mentioned the Game Boy of a Super Game Boy for the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually was a little bit off with the emulation speed when you played in your Super Nintendo, but N- Nintendo released a Super Game Boy 2 in a green shell that plays it flawlessly. Right. <laughs> so the Super Game Boy 2 is the way to play it on a console. Even the Game Boy player on the GameCube's a little off.
0: Also, the Super Game Boy 2 has the Link
1: port. Yes, it does. But it's
0: Japan only,
1: isn't it? Yes, but, but you can play it in a... NES on NTSC, or Super uh, Nintendo, I mean. yeah, yeah.
4: Uh, So, we all know how things happened between Sony and Nintendo in the early 90s. How do you think, if that partnership didn't fall through,
1: how do you think it would have shaped what happened to Sega in the early 2000s
3: when they dropping out of the console where Do you think it would have happened sooner? I think Xbox would have never happened. I think Microsoft never would have become a player because the, 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 the battle between Sony and so- Sony slash Nintendo, or in Sony, the <laughs> Suntendo. Well, Suntendo. You know, well, the Dreamcast
2: was like <laughs> the first kind of. The did the to toes in the
3: water for Microsoft because they had like
1: the,
2: the Windows C yeah. yeah. E
1: started the online
2: aspects um, I, I think the Dreamcast is one of my favorite consoles. It, I mean, it's a great great console oh, it's it just amazing. came out in a weird time because they had a lot of bootleg issues with you know people copying games there's there was no and, hi- yeah, piracy yeah. issues and stuff, right? CD bars just became affordable but enough. Console and we're, skipping away. We we're Yeah, yeah we just <laughs>
1: skipped a lot of stuff and, just, and we you didn't even give you your story of Genesis versus Super Nintendo or my story of Genesis versus Super, Super just, Nintendo. Just, Love the advertising, the battles. Yeah. Uh, you know, they both had cartoons. Which
2: did else. you go with? Um, like I said, I, it depends on the genre. So I mean, so you both. had both growing up then? Uh, my neighbor yeah. had a Genesis initially, and then yeah. I had a playing and came toys later in the but I had a Super Nintendo and yeah. became Genesis, so we would just, like, swap. But yeah. I remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog for the first time, Being blown away with the speed, and, like... Yeah. And like, even, like, um, what's the pack of game, the... Um, Altered Beast. Alter beast. beast. Um, Rise from
3: the grave, you know. I just, like, just love that. Um, but no, it's uh, it, it, the power f- up. The <laughs> advertising what is what made the industry, as far as like the, the console wars, I what think, it is today. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, You know, and, and that's, to, in my opinion, it's the reason why Nintendo is is often looked at as the kiddie system. Because, well, that's, that's
2: it, yeah, and and because that's what i said. That's another what, good point. Yeah. Good um, yeah. yeah. job. But like, a lot of like, you know, like, they got rid of the blood. Like, right. But then yeah. they run back for two. So it's like, yeah. well, that's yeah. once the ESRB
1: was established, right. then they just put yeah. t So, like, if you
2: wanted to play stuff like that, did they have a G code you could actually put in anyway and get it? Um,
1: on the Genesis. On the Genesis, okay. yeah. On the Genesis. Yeah. So, yeah, so so I actually went with uh, the Super Nintendo just because I came into my own as a gamer with Mario Three. So being able to play Super Mario World when I played that at KB Toys growing up, I was it blew my mind. And I was like, since that time, I started saving. And I didn't get a Super Nintendo until the Mario All Stars Mario World Combo Card mm. version. Yeah, that's by the time that's how long it took me to save up. Like because yeah. my parents weren't buying me one, mm. and I played the Genesis at buddy's house, and so I got to play you know Sonic, Sonic Two. I get to play Mortal yeah. Kombat right. and all that. Mm
3: parts about uh, the Super Nintendo was uh, originally supposed to be backwards compatible with the NES, mm-hmm. um, which like not a lot of people know. Um, the Genesis had the power adapter, which allowed you to plug it in and it worked right. with almost every single master system. Yeah. So even the, the card games. Uh, yeah, even the you yeah my, yeah, yeah, my cards. Yeah. My cards. Yeah. Yeah. Genesis
1: kept adding something, you the Sega CD, and then you
3: have the 32 right. ui and then you had like...
1: Make a giant... A huge yeah.
3: transformer As board. I say, it was like Genesis was on life support in a lot of the ways, but the Genesis, <laughs> the Genesis was the powerhouse, and you had all these other, like, attachments
0: and things that were improving.
3: And I think the Sega CD gets a really bad rap, I think it's actually a really excellent system, and the 32 x if you put a Genesis game in a 32x, it looks way better than it does on the Genesis. So there
2: are games people. that were made for both 32x and Sega
3: CD. Right. right yeah, There's
1: right.
2: like a firefighting one, like a Fahrenheit Yeah. yeah a corpse yeah, killer. Game. Yeah. There that,
1: was also a, the ability for Genesis games to utilize the Sega CD for music. And Pure Solar, the homebrew that was released yeah, recently, yeah, utilizes yeah. a CD soundtrack with the That's Genesis cartridge, and it's really outstanding. Cool. Um, and that was available back in the day. They just used
3: it. They were the first it, one yeah, to use it. Yeah. yeah. But the Backwards compatibility for the NES, or for the Super NES, they were supposed yeah. to have backwards compatibility. And uh, I guess one of the head of Nintendo at the time, Yamaguchi san, was like, I want this feature because Sega has it, we need it, it has to happen. And essentially, they were like, the engine, the designers came back and they were like, All "Right, we can do it, but it's going to cost. On average, about seventy dollars on top of the price point oh, per system. Yeah. So I think the Super Nintendo launch was about like two so you We're talking two hundred seventy dollars back in the day in the nineties. that okay. Nobody was going to do that. Yeah.
0: Now.
2: We've got a few more minutes before we wrap up. Any questions? I just want to make sure you're addressed before
0: we As far as that compatibility story, the thing they couldn't replicate was the timing. And that's been the case for a lot of consoles since. You can get maybe 70% compatibility with a reasonable effort, but customers are going to you know, crucify the, the vendor if, if the last 30% doesn't work. And so they decide not to sell it. So you can actually run Super Mario Bros. 1 at least, and a lot of the black box games on a Super Famicom. Um, if you have like a copier or a flash card from, you know even a copier from the 80s, you can do minor modifications on the ROM um, and it'll run.
1: Yeah, there, there's some ROMs out
3: there yes, that that's run. That's cool. Good to know. That's cool. Interesting. I'll ask you a question.
0: The way the power-based converter works is actually there's no hardware inside of it. Just the original, the Genesis model one and I, the model two actually have some of the chips of the. Uh, yeah. Genesis. Right. Right. Yes.
3: The Genesis three does not though, because I think it was made by a um, different company, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's some Master System games that uh, I think it's like if you Modify the master system. There's a way to modify it so it plays through like FM, almost like it, the audio sounds like it's coming right out of Genesis for a lot of games. Oh, that's cool. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. okay, cool. Stan, uh, before I go to wrap up, you guys want to say where people can find you? Yeah, so um, again, I go by Mike Tendo on YouTube or youtube.com forward slash Dongold. Uh, if you just again type in, uh, dude, you haven't played this game. Uh, it's a video review <laughs> show where uh, there's skits and it's a very silly, fun show, but very informative. Uh, mostly do old school stuff, NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, um, handheld. I just did a, a bunch of Tomb Raider games for the uh, original Game Boy. Um, and, you know, we have actors come in, and you know, it's a, it's a whole big, huge unnecessary production. <laughs> um, Nothing wrong do, with that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We, do, we have a good Wait, time. Uh, we I also do a podcast with my friend Ed back there, uh, Pixel Tunes Radio. You can check it out at pixeltunesradio.com. It's a video game music podcast where we talk about the composers, talk about the games, and uh, we also have little skits in between, too, like goofy commercials. So uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It's like PG-13. Th- PG <laughs> so you can't really listen to it around the youngsters, but not a, lot of, not a ton of swearing or anything. Very heavy new windows. But <laughs> 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 it's a lot of fun. Uh, Average run time is like an hour and a half to
1: two hours. Nice. So, since my name is Jeffrey Wittenhagen, my website is Hagen's Alley dot com. Um, That's where you can find all my books and everything, and I have some articles up there, too, some crazy stuff about Twin Galaxies, because I have a history with them, too. Um, yeah, and super, records too. Oh, yeah, Super Punch Out. Um, also Enigma 2, if you know what Enigma <coughs> 2 is. Congrats. Uh, not too many people do. Um, also, I do VGBS Podcast. VGBSpodcast.com takes you to hagensalley.com so that works. Um, and my books are available here at the convention. There's a big white flag in the middle. I'm, like, right there. I have some of my books available for sale NES and ninety and ninety one Culture Chronicles. So You're working on Super Nintendo mm-hmm. we'll Uh Super Nintendo ones with the printers, so I'll have it in two weeks. But it's available for pre order on my website as well. It takes you to a backer kit where you can pre order and get crazy leather covers that I have one on display of. So I
3: got some cool yeah. stuff. It's really cool, and a bunch of us wrote for the oh, yeah. for the book too. Games yeah. and I both wrote, wrote mm-hmm. for the book. Absolutely, so that's good times. I'm everywhere on the as <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> yes he is my, most people know me I guess as Game 31 so on YouTube you and Google it um, on Facebook and Twitter all that good stuff uh, at Game31.com Game31.com which is what you guys contribute to I appreciate that podcast uh, was up there, there are other great shows on there too uh, it's just a community site so check that out um, I'm a huge Star Wars fan so I am a Star Wars on 37 show that I do Star Wars reviews and um, I SW nine seventy seven is my website for that. Uh, I do a convention in Arizona kind of like this called Game One Expo. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, a part of Collector Games, we cover games, which is great. So um, He's everywhere. And and on Collect and two podcasts. two podcasts. I'm on the uh, also, uh Cligo, podcast where we talk about Coleco. Yep. you know, one of my favorite companies just growing up, but uh, also uh, all general gamers. So with, uh, I don't know if you guys know not have a console gamer on YouTube and well, he mm-hmm. was on the show. Yes, he was on uh, there. We have, we have, we have, we have Pete Thor. He was on there. But yeah. now it's Pete Thor, and it's Jason Heine, and then we
1: have Ben as well. So it's... Uh, it's fun stuff. Fun and stuff you're about fun. to hit, like, a big number episode, too, so... We just hit 200. Yeah, I just hit yeah, 200. That's yeah. outstanding yeah. in podcast world. Yeah, we yeah. have
3: about 70... What are we doing? 75? Yeah, nice, 75. Nice. and uh, definitely check out multi as well, um, where myself and a bunch of other uh, contributors uh, to you, check out like LJ Nintendo who's also on uh, and the, the And on, in the book. And in the book. Uh, Dario plays RPGs, uh, you know, the uh, blind mic, 666 like tons of really great contributors on that site that also kind of, it, it all meshes together, but right. a lot of those are also featured on GameStradingOne.com. Okay. Cool. Thank you guys so much.
1: Appreciate nice it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, got the audio for you. Cool, cool. <laughs>